0: It is Friday, December twenty second. I'm Scott Seidenberg, and I'm AJ Hoffman. The Rams improve their playoff chances with a win on Thursday Night Football.
1: And in Major League Baseball, the rich get richer. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas.
0: We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. LA Rams get a big win for playoff positioning. The Dodgers signed Japanese right-hander Yamamoto to a 12-year $325 million contract.
1: And 25 straight losses in the
0: NBA. What is the Vegas lead here, Scott? You know, the Pistons were actually favored in that game. AJ. I text you. It was crazy. <laughs> now the Vegas lead is going to be Thursday night football. We'll kick things off with the NFL. Week 16 began with a Rams 30 to 22 win over the New Orleans Saints. They cover the four. The game goes over the posted total of 46 and a half, thanks to a, a late touchdown there by the New Orleans Saints, which ruined our same-game parlay, AJ. It did. Yeah,
1: we were in such good shape. Like, honestly, we were in good shape going into the fourth quarter. looked like we were in good shape for the, the grand prize, like the uh, the mega hit. But, uh, yeah, a couple – really, the, the two-point conversion is what really screwed us on that. If they fail on that two-point conversion, the Saints lose by 10, and we win mm-hmm. our same-game parlay. So we came down to a uh, two-point conversion. It was a bummer. Uh, but Kyron Williams had a fantastic day, and, and despite not doing really anything in the first half, he, uh, Alvin Kamara was a, a, a major target for the Saints uh, in the second half, so uh, we feel feels like we were right on about everything, just sometimes those, those late games, and really the, the Saints don't score that touchdown if they don't get a blocked punt. So yep. it's uh it was a it was a weird and I guess they didn't call it a blocked punt but it, it was a, blo- a a punt that was blocked and went forward like 6 yards. <laughs> so it's not credited as a blocked punt but it was a blocked punt. Uh but yeah, it put the it put the Saints in uh in position for an easy touchdown and that was the uh that was the backbreaker for us. But I'm telling you man, these Rams, this is the kind of team like we've talked about nobody in the AFC wants to see the Buffalo Bills. I don't think anybody wants to see the the L.A. Rams in the playoffs. Like Matt Stafford looked last night like three years ago, Matt Stafford. And uh-huh. that's a terrifying prospect to everybody. You, you still have one of the better coaches in the NFL. Uh, you, you've got a quarterback who looks like he is a, back to playing at a, a top 10 level, if not better. Uh, and you've got a team that's got a serious run game with Kyron Williams. You've got, I mean, think about having a deal with Puka Nakua Cooper Cup and then we saw last night playing a a massive role Demarcus Robinson six catches 82 yards and a touchdown Uh, there's just weapons all over the field and and Tutu Atwell's hurt right now so uh, it's a there's an overflow of offensive talent right now with the Rams and if the defense is just okay man this is this team is going to be tough in the playoffs I, I like this team quite a bit A week ago, I said uh, I I think they're one of the top 10 teams in the league. Um, I I feel like most people probably think that now.
0: Yeah, they're certainly a team that is going that was overlooked, that's continuing to be overlooked and will be overlooked in the playoffs because they're going to be an underdog against everybody they face in the postseason unless they face somebody out of the NFC South. But they'll be an underdog against anybody and they could win pretty much any game that they play you mentioned Kyron Williams and we've talked about it what he has meant to this team ever since he returned from injury he's now rushed for 143 yards 88 against the Browns 114 152 and 104 and he scored touchdowns in four of the five games since he's been back AJ he gives them a dynamic that they did not have before
1: Yeah, no doubt and this is a a a game changer for this Rams offense I've talked about it for several weeks now when they have a a valid running game which they didn't for a couple of years and they didn't during the four weeks that that he was out this is one of the best teams in the league and if they if you know that that four game stretch they go 1 and 3 like if they switch that and they go they go 3 and 1 and they're sitting here right now at at 10 and 5 are are we taking them lightly at all like i i, I think mm-hmm. we're looking at this team as a real Super Bowl contender uh, it, they were missing a key guy for a good chunk of the season. And the losses that they have outside of that run, that that run when Nakua was out, their other losses are against the Niners by seven, at Cincinnati by three, the Eagles by nine, and then at the Ravens in overtime. Like, they're, they're playing with everybody. Uh, so if, if this team is healthy going into the playoffs, I, I think they are absolutely terrifying.
0: Yeah. And uh, sitting here at eight and seven right now. Meanwhile, the Rams, uh, excuse me, the Saints fall to seven and eight. But if you look at the rest of their division, they should still be <laughs> in a decent position. You know, the Bucks are favorites at home against the Jaguars. So, you know, that's kind of a, a, a toss up game for them. I mean, it can go either way. And, and really there's, you know, the Falcons are six and eight and they're a they're little home favorites against the Colts like, this division is not going to be decided until the final week of the season. So losing last night doesn't exactly bury the New Orleans Saints.
1: No, it doesn't. But the Saints, the Saints are just not a good football team. And if, if they don't put up a couple touchdowns late, I, I mean this this game yeah, this was is a, a thirty this was
0: a thirty to seven game in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah. So I, I mean the the final score is much closer than the actual game was. The the Saints aren't good. And it, by now everyone should realize that the Saints aren't good. The Saints, much like the Falcons just happened to play the easiest schedules in the NFL. And that's led them to being right around 500. Now, both of them below 500. But that should tell you something. If you've got the easiest schedule in the NFL and you're still below 500, you're not a good football team. The Saints are not a good football team. Uh, So I I don't know that anything's going to fix it. Their defense is still not very good. Uh, The offense, it it was good for a couple of explosive plays, but that was it. Uh, There's just not a lot to like here. And you know something else I just thought about, Scott? that rams missed a field goal in this game too if the rams special teams weren't such garbage wow. this would be a this would have just been an, a, a massive blowout game so i i think the saints like this was a, a real eye-opening thing that this like if you even think the saints are an average team i assure you they are not
0: that's yeah, that's a shame to just look just thinking about that. i didn't even think about that missed field goal in terms of us hitting our same yeah, game. yeah it's gross so Oh, my goodness. All right, AJ. Let's uh, preview the games coming up here for this weekend in the NFL. We're not going to do the three Christmas Day games because we are actually going to have a special Christmas Day episode. Well, actually a Christmas Eve episode that we'll publish on Sunday that will preview the three NFL games and the five NBA games on Christmas Day. So we'll leave those three games out, and let's start with Saturday's action. The Bengals at the Steelers, Cincinnati. A three-point favorite, so money moving against you and I because we were we're both on the Pittsburgh Steelers here.
1: I don't get it. I, I like the Steelers plus three. Like I, I hadn't bet it yet. I, I'm betting the Steelers now. Um, and the Jamar Chase injury, I think, is big. You know, it, it it forces it lets teams shift their best coverage to Higgins. And who else is going to beat you? Like the the crummy Bengals tight ends. I, I don't know, but I think the bigger injury is DJ Reader. We're already talking about a Bengals team that is just disastrous against the run, and now they're missing their nose tackle and their their best run stopper. Like, I don't love Mason Rudolph, but like, is he is, can he be worse than Trubisky? I don't know. Um, and I think there's some Jake Browning regression coming. Like, I, I think that this guy is we're starting to see that he's not that good. Uh, his worst game as a starter came against the Steelers, and then you know the last couple games since he very lucky to win to to win against Jacksonville. Probably even luckier to beat the Vikings. So we've got Tomlin as a dog of a field goal now in division. It's too good to pass on.
0: Are we worried about Minka Fitzpatrick not playing? So Fitzpatrick and the Trenton Thompson, both safeties, are out for this game. That's why we saw the money come in on on the Bengals. I mean,
1: if well, what was where was the money when Jamar Chase was announced out or DJ Reader was yeah. announced out? Like, is Minka Fitzpatrick worth more to the line than Jamar Chase? Absolutely not. So I, I I don't get it. I think this is an overreaction. I I I still like the Steelers here.
0: Yeah, Tomlin as a dog. I mean, I've said it, this was my best bet. I mean, this is where you want Mike Tomlin. Um, after losing by double digits, the Steelers under Mike Tomlin are twenty-two and twelve against the spread in their next games. Um, after allowing thirty points or more under Mike Tomlin, they're twenty-six and ten ATS. In their next games, he rallies the troops like no one else, like no one we've seen. So I'm still going to back the Pittsburgh Steelers. The other Saturday game is the Bills at the Chargers Buffalo 12 and a half point favorites over the Chargers. But does L.A. get the fired head coach boost in this game?
1: It's possible, uh, but I think this is more about the Bills than anything. I, I think this is a spot for the Bills to take a breath. Uh they've had three intense games in a row at Eagles, at Chiefs, home Cowboys, and they all felt like must-win games, right? And it still feels like they've got to win every game, but there's a difference between having to win and having to win by two touchdowns. Um mm-hmm. I, I think that the Bills showed last week that they are they are going to lean on the run when they have the opportunity to do so. Uh they want to save Josh Allen for the playoffs. I think you're gonna see a big James Cook day. I think the the clock keeps running. Uh, but so I think that that means that the bills, I think the bills win. I think the bills win by double digits, but I, I don't want to lay anything more than t- if it gets down to 10 somehow, I'd, I'd probably back the bills. Uh, but anything over 10 it's, it's chargers are passed for me. I'm, I'm pissed off that I missed the 14. So, uh, I just think the bills want to get out of here quick, healthy, and, and get ready for these last two weeks against division opponents and, and try to win this division.
0: I think the worst thing that could happen for the chargers is that they make this a game because they don't want to get the best of the Buffalo bills. Like right now, the bills can just cruise and win this game by 10 points and and get out of dodge. But if the bills are in danger of losing this game, like if the chargers play out of their minds and are, are close or are winning, then Josh Allen's going to have to turn it on. And then the bills are going to have to take it seriously. And that's where I think the game can get ugly and the bills can win by 20. So um, I, I think this is a stay away spot just because I don't know how the game's going to play out. I can see it going a multitude of ways. I can see, like you're saying, the Bills just taking it easy. But I can also see if they get pushed, instinct kicks in. And yep. all of a sudden, Josh Allen dominates this football I, game. I could certainly see that. On Sunday, we have the Lions at the Vikings. Detroit, a three-point favorite. Total of 47.5, AJ. Yeah,
1: I think Minnesota's being a little undervalued here. These defenses are going in different directions right now uh, since early in the season. The Vikings are now number five in defensive DVOA, um, and they blitz still at the highest rate in the league, and Jared Goff, historically, bad against the blitz. Best QB in, in the league per PFF when not blitzed, 29th when he is blitzed, and flores has absolutely owned golf when they saw each other when uh flores was coaching the the dolphins and golf played with the rams uh two interceptions and an 8.5 qbr remember flores was on the staff when they played in the super bowl and the, the rams put up three points um I, and i and i think you get a desperate vikings team here they lost a game last week that they absolutely should have won against uh, cincinnati and now they're Back in that big group of seven and seven teams. So uh, it looks like we're going to get more Ty Chandler, which I think is great news. Justin Jefferson coming back last week looked great. I think that's big. It opened up Jordan Addison to get some good production, Kyle Hawkinson. So the Vikings are looking pretty complete right now. Uh, I think this is a a game they've got to have. And I think they can take advantage of a, I think, a still overrated Lions defense.
0: But it is Jared Goff indoors, and it is the Lions indoors. And when this team does not play in the elements, they score a ton of points. They are averaging 32 points per game this season when playing indoors. Uh, it's something that I just I don't want to go against. Fair enough. I, I, yeah. By the way, the Vikings are changing their turf next year. So, uh, you know, trying to modernize the field a little bit, make it a safer playing surface. Congratulations to them. The Packers are at the Panthers Green Bay laying five on the road. And AJ, this one falls in to your favorite category, which is do not lay points with mediocre or subpar teams on the
1: road. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, especially outside of field goal. And it saved me a lot of money this year. Uh, It saved me betting the Chargers multiple times. Uh, It saved me uh, betting the Saints uh, when they were at Minnesota. And it saved me last week betting the Falcons against these same Panthers. I wasn't going to bet the Falcons. Who's, who are the Falcons to lay three on the road? Who are the Who are the Green Bay Packers to lay five points on the road against anybody? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, the Panthers are better at home too. Both their wins came at home. Bryce Young, all his stats across the board are better at home. Th- this is a This is a team that's still fighting. I just don't think these Packers are good enough to be favored by five anywhere their last road game they were favored by five at the Giants with DeVito guess what lost outright if you didn't learn your lesson then you're just going to go right back to the Packers it doesn't make any sense to me this Packers defense is dreadful if Bryce Young's ever going to have a game it's going to be at home and it's going to be against a bad defense this is his chance
0: we move on to the Seahawks at the Titans Seattle three and a half point favorites yeah, this
1: is uh, getting past the point where I want to bet it. I, I was liking Seattle. Um, I, I just think that, you know, the Will Levis question is, is I guess, pending. Like, he's saying he's not going to practice, but he thinks if, if he's good enough to go, he can play. Ryan Tannehill could play. I don't know. It, it, does Derrick Henry want to be there? Uh, what I do know is if Levis doesn't play or he's hobbled, it it takes away from the biggest – strength of the titans offense which is deandre hopkins and and it minimizes the biggest weakness for the seahawks which is that the, the secondary that's just bad um there's still a lot of injuries on the tennessee front under two and a half or under three i i would have liked the seahawks but at three and a half it's a it's a stay away
0: did you see the video that's going around the internet of uh possible uh, drew lock using sticky stuff no yeah, it's because, you know, it was a wet ball, uh, you know, in the last game. So he's trying to get a grip on the ball. And, um, is that illegal? A... Well, you can use baby powder. Like, there's nothing against it in the rules. But, like, I don't know. It's like because, like, they show... there's a video of him clapping his hands. and It looks like dust. Like, it looks like baby powder is coming out of it. Could be. Hey. Rosin and Sweat, right? That's it. Rosin and Sweat. Yeah, big (laughs) deal. That's all it is. Uh, The Browns are at the Texans. Cleveland, a three-point favorite. Low total of 40 in this game. And, um, you know, Joe Flacco has been doing it. It's, it's, It's unbelievable that this guy comes off the couch, AJ, and performs like he has performed for the Cleveland Browns. I think this team is rolling into the playoffs. This
1: is one of, I mean, the fact that this team has had bad quarterback play all season long and are still a top 10 team in the league. Now, who else is doing that? It, they those teams just don't exist in this modern era. Um, the Colts. <laughs> it, it, well, but they're, they're, do do you think the Colts are a top 10 team? I mean No, no, no. I, I'm talking about playoff playoff contender Oh yeah, him. they're playoff contenders, but I don't think they're a top 10 mm-hmm. team. Like the no, the Browns no. feel like a team that's dangerous. Like nobody wants to play the Browns. That's a good team. And Joe Flacco or not, that's the be, it's the best defense in the league. And the Texans on the other hand who have also overperformed but most of their overperformance is due to CJ Stroud and him being out. It looks like there's some of his weapons are still banged up. Uh I, I just can't trust Case Keenum uh, against this defense. It was one thing last week against the the Titans defense that was missing Simmons, that was missing Tart. Now, now you're playing the best defense in the league. I, I just think that it's uh it's too much. The the Browns are are too too good, too complete, and the Texans without CJ Stroud are just
0: mm-hmm. meh. Yep, I would agree with that. Uh, the Colts are at the Falcons. Atlanta, two-and-a-half-point favorites. It's Taylor Heineke at quarterback instead of Desmond Ritter. I-, I guess that makes me upgrade the Falcons a little bit, but I still can't stand Arthur Smith.
1: I don't. I, I, there's certainly a coaching mismatch in this game. I agree with you there. This is crazy because it's it, like Michael Pittman returned to practice. Jonathan Taylor returned to practice. Looks like they're both going to play. And the Falcons took money today, mm-hmm. like or yesterday. What What does that mean? Like, it, <laughs> I don't understand this. I, I, uh, I, I guess I lean to the Falcons. I've just I've got no interest in backing either of these teams. I think the Colts have racked up a bunch of wins against crummy teams. Uh, and I think the Falcons are absolute garbage, and would be probably four and eleven if they didn't play in the worst division in football. So, I I, I don't want to back either one of these teams. I
0: certainly don't want to back the Falcons laying points. Like, it's- no, I I think I think that the Colts are are a fantastic teaser leg because. I don't see the Falcons creating separation against anybody. And with, with you know, Minshew throwing the ball down the field, I think they're always in the game and the potential to get a backdoor cover if they're losing.
1: I think so, too. And, I, and like I said, I think the coaching mismatch is so great. You've got three top 10 picks that you barely use. Uh, the last three seasons, top 10 picks, just sit there and collect dust. It's, this Arthur Smith is a dope.
0: Yeah, he'll, he'll be gone. Uh, the Commanders are at the Jets. Jets are three-point favorites at home against the hapless Washington Commanders. This
1: is like the this is the hardest game for me to handicap. I I don't have a good feel for it at all. I, I do know Washington is one of the worst defenses of the league. It's it's either them or Arizona as the worst. And I I don't know if you agreed watching that Jets Dolphins game, but it feels like the Jets defense is starting to tire out too. Like it, they're just they've been carrying the load and now they're not going to make the playoffs. I, I think they're starting to let off a little bit because that Dolphins team last week was missing a bunch of starters on the O line. They were missing Tyreek Kill and the Dolphins still had their way with them, that worries me. And in the Commanders, I know they're going to give up points. We don't know who's going to play quarterback, I think, for either of these teams. But whoever it is is probably going to turn the ball over. So uh, I, <laughs> I think this this could be a sneaky overplay. Like You don't think with these two offenses you want to play an over. But I, I think both defenses are just kind of done. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes over this low number, 37.
0: Yeah, pretty sure it's going to be Trevor Simeon as Zach Wilson uh, is dealing with the concussion. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, not looking like he is going to play for the first time in his career. This line has moved to the Bucks laying three at home over the Jaguars. And with Lawrence not practicing, that's why you see Tampa taking money.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's the right number. And I, I t- I t- without if as long as it's three or less, I, I tend to side with Tampa here because now when you've got C.J. Beathard, you're going to want to run the football and... Tampa got back both their run stoppers, Will Golston and Vita Vea, both going to play this week, and that that's huge against the run. Now, now we can get back to Tampa being a good run stop team. So if if you're stopping the run, you're counting on CJ Beathard to beat you. I, and these Jags just feel like they're spiraling right now. I don't love Tampa, but I, it, this is the time that I would jump on to back them.
0: Yeah, it's and Rashard White's been playing a hell of a season. So he has been good. We, and, and and Baker, we're getting the best Baker I think we've ever seen right now. Uh, The Dolphins hosting the Cowboys. Miami laying one at home total of 50. I hope we get a better Cowboys performance than we saw last week against the Bills, AJ. Tyreek Hill looks like he's back for Miami. I I lean towards the home team. They're my side here. I think that the advantages they have at home, we know that they're a much better home team than a road team. We know the Cowboys are also a much better home team than a road team. So I think Miami gets it done at home. I worry
1: about the health of the Dolphins, like A, on the offensive line and in the secondary. And it didn't matter last week against the Jets. It would matter this week against Dak. Uh, The thing that – this is a a tough game to call for sure, but the Cowboys 9-1 ATS last 10 games coming off a loss um and Tua if they can put pressure on him and if the offensive line is still banged up I think they can we know what to what happens to Tua when he's pressured he, he goes from being the, the the number one quarterback in PFF when not pressured 30th when he's under pressure um I, both of these teams are kind of mirrors of each other it, it, neither one of them has has done much from a strength of schedule standpoint uh the the Dallas's best win is the Eagles uh, and then Miami's best win is the the Denver Broncos like they just mm-hmm. was, one of these teams is going to prove something so uh, this is one of the games I, I don't know how much i'll be invested in it but i I'll, I'll certainly be uh be watching closely to see who's for real here the cardinals
0: are at the bears chicago laying four total of 43 and Uh, I'm on the Cardinals to not score in this game. And I guess that's a proxy for me being on the bears. Uh, I just don't like the number four. If it was bears minus three, I'd take the bears. Yeah. Um, But, Ever since they acquired Montez Sweat, this is a top defensive unit in the NFL. I mean, the Bears, in terms of EPA, in terms of success rate, they are playing elite football on the defensive side of the football after acquiring Montez Sweat. And I think they take advantage of a Cardinals team that does not play well on the road and does not play well outdoors.
1: Yeah, I, you and I have different opinions on the Bears' defense. I, I think they've just happened to play a run of, of really awful quarterbacks or a, a good quarterback in a bad situation as far as golf playing in the outdoors. But um, I I think that this the the Bears should be able to run on this team. I usually want to back Kyler as an underdog, uh, but I do worry about the Cardinals' offense outdoors. So this game this game's a, a pure pass for me. I, if gunned ahead, I'd probably play Arizona plus four, but uh, I, I'm
0: not going to be involved. And Sunday night football, we will have. The New England Patriots at the Denver Broncos, Denver laying seven low total of 34.
1: Yeah, I, I played under 34 and a half uh, and I'd still play under 34. This is a super conservative Broncos team. We've talked a lot about how they don't turn the ball over. They don't want variance, They're playing a cautious game and I think that's what they do this entire game, knowing that New England doesn't have any explosiveness on offense. So I think the clock's going to keep running, and Bailey Zappi's been very dependent on Hunter Henry. Broncos get back Kareem Jackson from suspension. He's their number one guy against tight ends. So you're going to take away Zappi's safety blanket. I don't think either one of these offenses do much. And and let's face it, the Patriots' defense, whatever you want to say about how bad of a season they've had offensively, their defense is legit. So Mm -hmm. I'm still looking at an under here in this game.
0: And we have three games on Christmas Day. The Raiders at the Chiefs, Giants at the Eagles, and Christmas night, the Ravens at the 49ers. We will preview those on a special Christmas episode of Straight Out of Vegas AM, so you don't want to miss that.
2: I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas, and they got a water bottle, and they got like uh, celery chopped up, and... Let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1 and all of a sudden you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way that that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free 1-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2. And Five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkAG1.com slash RJ Bell. That's drinkAG1.com slash Bell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With Pick 6, you're not going against another player or players you're going against the bookmaker you're going against the number that they put up so all you got to do is pick between two and six nfl players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you download DraftKings pick six app now and sign up with code rj that's code rj only at DraftKings pick six the crown is yours gambling problem
1: College bowl season rolls on with the Boca Raton Bowl. Scott, I need you to answer for your boys in orange last night. This was an embarrassing performance. One of the worst bowl performances at the RoofClaim.com Boca Bowl. Syracuse gets shut out 45 to nothing. I mean, it was great for me for the under, but (laughs) Syracuse, my goodness, if this is signs of the new uh, coaching staff, It's going to be a long season next year up in Syracuse.
0: Well, no, it's not the new coaching staff because the new coaching staff isn't there yet. So this is the leftover coaching staff. And I think what you saw here is, and and this is why bowl season is so hard because it's not just the opt-outs. It's not just the players not playing. It's, or the motivation for the players. It's how the coaches handle the games. Um, A lot of coaches, will just sell out and focus a one like I you know one game at one game season mentality, right? And they will play the bowl game to, uh, to win that bowl game and to cap off the season. That's what South Florida did last night. That game, watching that game play out, you saw that it meant something to them. It was a way for them to cap off their season and to end their season with a winning record that means so much to them. Yeah. Syracuse looked the opposite. They looked like the type of team that was already looking ahead to next year. The type of team that was giving reps to players that don't usually play, giving reps to players that are going to be auditioning for roles on this team next year and so it was not a focus on hey we have to go out there and we're selling out to win this game it's hey we're going out there to get a live look at our guys reward our kids for for having a nice season they get to go to you know down to florida get a swag bag participate in a bowl game but we're going to give some guys a run and see what we have as we get ready for the spring and sometimes when you have a new head coach coming in That's almost the edict. Right. And and that's what they tell. Like Fran Brown's probably telling the the staff, he's like, you know what? This is your guy's game. You coach the game. But I'll tell you what. I'd really like to get a look at this guy. I really like to get a look at this guy. And I'd really like to get a look at this guy. So if you can just get them in the game, that would be great. And that's what the coaching staff does is they, you know, they want to help out the new head coach that's coming in because, hey, maybe they'll get retained on his staff. Who knows? So there's just there's different ways to hand to look at these bowl games. And unless you know for sure which type of effort and performance and and which motivation you're going to get, it's very difficult to handicap these games. That's the best I can explain what we saw last night. You had two teams with two different motivations.
1: Yeah. And it's it's harder and harder to track who's going to who feels like showing up, who's who thinks it's important. So. Uh, certainly something to keep an eye on going forward. Only one game on the college schedule tonight. It's Georgia Tech in Central Florida in the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Central Florida, a five point favorite. 66 and a half is the total. And this was your best bet, Scott.
0: Yeah, I think this is about Central Florida wanting to prove a point. This is Central Florida wanting to, I mentioned, you know, cap off a season with a winning record. Their first season as a Power Five conference team with a winning winning record, that would mean a lot to this program. Uh, you know, they sure, they found out what life was like in a Power Five conference. <laughs> you know, they, they, they definitely got beat up a couple of games, but. They also kept it close against some really good competition lost by one on the road at Texas Tech lost by two on the road at Oklahoma and they blew out an Oklahoma State team that played for the conference title. This this program believes in, in themselves and the biggest thing for me is the, is John Rice Plumley, the quarterback has had a cut co- extra time to heal. He is highly motivated to play in this game because this is his last game in, as a as a college football player. And he's going, the The team's going to rally around him. It's going to be a pro UCF crowd in Tampa. They've played in that stadium many times before. They've won their last five games in Tampa, including two Gasparilla Bowls in 2019 and 2021. I, I think Georgia Tech's certainly going to be able to score, but we're seeing money coming in on Central Florida, and I think that's the right side of this game.
1: Yeah, I like the over here. I, I think mo- most of the opt-outs you're seeing are on the defensive side. Uh, I think Plumlee you know, winning out the season to, uh, to get them to this game is a big deal. But I think Georgia Tech's going to be motivated too. This is their, their first bowl game in five years. It's their head coach's first season. Uh, I think both these teams have motivation. I, I, think this is a, um, I think this ends up being a shootout. So I like the over in this game.
0: Yeah, I think there's just a lot when I talk about motivation. To the, the idea of finishing their first season as a Power 5 team with a winning record really does mean something. They don't want to look back uh, on on the history and say, "You know what? We went to a Power 5 conference and in our first year we were an under 500 team." They want to have a winning record. No, I, so, I, I, I think they're I think they're mass motivated tonight.
1: For the rest of the uh the college football games for this weekend, check out RJ Bell's dream preview where you'll find the college football breakdown that we did this week on all the games happening this weekend all the way through next Tuesday. Uh, so something like I think we did twelve games, thirteen games. So there's a ton of games for yeah, Saturday. Well,
0: there, there's seven games tomorrow. So we break down all of the games uh, for tomorrow, and then you know, obviously, you can lock in here on SOV, and we'll we'll get you ready for the Tuesday games. Uh, but yeah, we we really um we, we broke down every bowl game leading up through Tuesday on on the College Football Dream Preview on RJ Bell's Dream Preview Podcast. Feed. Make it 25 straight losses for the Detroit Pistons, AJ. Despite the fact that they were two and a half point favorites at How home crazy against is that? the Utah Jazz, they lose 119-111.
1: Yeah, uh, yesterday morning when we did the show, I was like, man, Jazz minus one and a got to do it, and I, I made a wager, and um, sure enough... Uh, by the by the time by the time it tipped off, the the Jazz were two and a half point dogs. So I had terrible CLV. Didn't matter a single bit. 119, 111 win for the Jazz, sitting out a couple guys, again, did not matter. Uh part of my two and one night, I've made three NBA bets in the same night, Scott. This was wow. one of them. Two and one for me. Uh you can look at the Pacers Grizzlies
0: score and tell what my loser was. Oh, no, you had the over 219 goes... points. What it goes under 116, 103. The Grizzlies beat the Pacers. That is not a typical Pacers performance. Yeah,
1: Pacers stunk it up last night. I don't know. If it was a good defense from the Grizzlies, but uh, this was just a, a poor shooting performance. They shot 42 percent from the field, still took 90 shots from the field, only made 38 of them, though. I need a little bit a mm-hmm. little bit better than that. Uh, so 42% did not get the job done. 116-103 uh, win for Memphis, well, well under. I was like, for a while I was hoping for overtime, but then Memphis
0: started to pull away, so it was it was just a bad call. Well, the Grizzlies now 2-0 and since John Morant's return. He only scored 20 points last night, so he did not go over. His team total, he uh, was 7 of 16 from the field. But, hey, 2-0 and oh now since Jaws' return for Memphis. Pelicans beat the Cavs 123-104. It was the Bulls over the Spurs 114-95. Bucks beat the Magic 118-114. Thunder over the Clippers 134-115. AJ, this is one that you talked about yesterday morning. Despite the fact that the Clippers were rolling here with, uh, what, eight straight wins, you said, you know what? back-to-back I I like the thunder at home yeah this
1: was my other winner yeah and it didn't really uh didn't really end up being much of a sweat as they they pulled away big time uh to start the third quarter and yeah I I think just what you said the back-to-back like the Clippers it's been a nice run to get them back to being relevant here um but James Harden was pretty inefficient last night and yeah this was a this was
0: a nice spot for I think for the for the thunder The Timberwolves beat the Lakers 118 111. So, for those keeping track at home, since winning the in season tournament, the Lakers are one win and five losses. That doesn't seem very good. Six games since. Raise the banner and just wait for the end of the regular season because they're all taking time off here. But you know what? They'll dominate on Christmas because that's just what they
1: do. That's what they do. You know, it's
0: like the lake. The Lakers only show up when when people are watching. Balls are on them. Exactly. (laughs) and the Wizards beat the Blazers 118-117. Let's take a look at your schedule for tonight in the association. The Raptors are at the 76ers, Philly an 8.5 point favorite. Nuggets visit the Nets, Denver 4.5 point road favorites. Hawks are at the Heat, Miami's 1.5 point favorites at home. Mavericks are at the Rockets, Houston minus 7.5. Wizards at the Warriors, Golden State 11.5 point favorites, and the Suns are at the Kings, Sacramento 3.5 point favorites. What's your to lean here between the Suns and the Kings.
1: I kind of lean to, this, to the Kings, but I think I'm going to sit on my two and one uh, from yesterday and, and just bask in it going into the weekend. I'm going to take. I'm going to take a couple wins going into Christmas.
0: Fair enough. And uh, speaking of Christmas, there are obviously um, there's no games on Sunday in the NBA. And then the marquee games on Christmas, five marquee games. And we will break down those on a special Christmas episode of Straight Out of Vegas AM, which will release on Sunday for your listening pleasure.
1: Top 25 action today and not a lot of surprises. A lot of blowout wins for the ranked teams. Purdue 100, Jacksonville 57, Uh, University of Houston 72, Texas State only 37. And yes, they did play the full game and scored 37 points. Uh, number, Number eight, Tennessee 65, 46 winners over Tarleton State. And I told you a rivalry that doesn't seem like a rivalry right now. Kentucky on the road, 95-76 winners at Louisville, absolute domination for the Wildcats. Louisville just in a in a, an embarrassing tailspin right now. Uh, plenty of action in the top 25 today. Uh, there's there's very little going on this weekend. On Sunday, in fact, there's no games. Monday, no games either. Uh, But James Madison tips it off early this morning. Number 20, James Madison, a 19.5-point favorite at Morgan State. Texas, a 22-point favorite, hosting Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. Texas, I will say, has done a good job blowing out bad teams. You look at the worst teams they've played in Ken Palm, it's all been 27, 28-point wins. So if I were involved in this game, I may look to the horns. Clemson playing Queens University, no line up on that game. Marquette in Georgetown, Marquette minus 17 and a half, total in this game 150. And I did my college basketball pod yesterday, and I'm going to go with my best bet from that pod over 150 in this game. Marquette's come down to earth in recent games. I'm not sure I want to back them laying a big number, but what they do really well still is they turn their opponents over and they limit their own turnovers. Georgetown, the exact opposite. So there's going to be plenty of opportunities for transition points for Marquette and Georgetown's been a really good outside shooting team this season, and I think that continues. Marquette's defensive philosophy really allows a lot of open looks, and one good thing about Marquette here, I think they're going to push tempo even late in the game with a lead, particularly because this is their first conference home game, and they're coming off an embarrassing loss, so I like over 150 Georgetown and Marquette. Baylor is a 40-ish point favorite. It's on the extra board, so it's uh, it's all over the place against Mississippi Valley State. Baylor not playing well of late. Mississippi Valley State 0-11 have yet to play a home game this year. Yale catching 15 and a half at Kansas, number two Kansas, seven and nine Chicago State. One of the surprises in college basketball this year. This was a couple years ago, a team that couldn't win a single game. And now they're sitting at seven and nine. They are 23 and a half point dogs at Wisconsin. Number 13, Illinois at Mizzou. Bragging rights, they call this. Illinois a six and a half point favorite on the road. The last five seasons, Illinois has been favored in this game. Four of those games, Mizzou won outright. So it's mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's one of those rivalries where it's it's really hard to, to – to catch hold of uh, BYU, a 26 and a half point favorite hosting Bellarmine and Colorado State number 16. They are five and a half point road favorites at Loyola
0: Marymount. Let me ask you about a game coming up tomorrow, the Desert Classic here at T-Mobile Arena in Vegas, number four, Arizona, and number 14, Florida Atlantic.
1: Yeah, this is probably the most fun game of the weekend for sure. Uh, Florida Atlantic feels a little bit to me like a poor man's Arizona. These are two super high-end offenses, but Arizona much better on defense and much better from a rebounding standpoint. Problem is that, that Florida Atlantic... Uh, they tend to surround Golden. They're they're big with with four positionless guys, and it makes it tough for some teams to match up. Arizona is so switchable one through four. I don't think they have that problem, and they have a big and Balo who's who's going to be a handful down low. I want to back this Arizona team. I think they're on a different level than Florida Atlantic. Uh, they'll have a huge crowd edge here. I think and they've got a much easier path to offense they don't really rely on hitting threes to score i worry about teams that rely on the three ball when you're playing at a neutral site venue or a a big arena with different sight lines so uh, i like arizona here depends on what the number comes out at Uh, i made the game six and a half uh if i get anything six and a half or less i'll be on arizona
0: Lots of goals on the ice last night. Good for your boy over here. Gave out uh, a couple of overs on Pregame.com, including the grand salami over AJ, which uh, hit with ease. Grand salami being the total number of goals scored on a given night in the NHL. Five and zero for Scotty in hockey last night. Look at you, buddy. That's right four four games and the one Grand Salami. 5-0, 11-unit night. Feel, pre- feel pretty good about that. Uh, one of the overs I gave out was between the Oilers and the Devils. The Oilers winning 6-3 as they continue their metropolitan road trip that started on Long Island. Then they go to Jersey, and tonight they will be at Madison Square Garden to take on the Rangers. And it's the second of a back-to-back. It's the third game in just, you know, four nights for the Oilers. I think that catches up to them I like the Rangers as favorites Rangers are minus 148 it'll be Skinner in net for the uh, Oilers tonight which is you know benefits better for them it's their starter as opposed to uh, last night having Picard in as the backup but I just think it's you know it's a lot of games on the road in a you know short amount of time yes they'll get up for a nationally televised game against the New York Rangers in Madison Square Garden. You know, Connor McDavid's going to want to show out in the world's most famous arena. But I think after the 6-3 game that they played last night against the Devils, I think the Rangers just might take it out of them coming up tonight. Other finals from last night, it was uh, the Coyotes taking care of the Sharks. The Golden Knights lost 5-4. Oh, heartbreaker. The Lightning. Yeah. Up, up game 2-0, then down
1: 5-2. Yeah. Is like a, it was a roller coaster.
0: Yeah, Martinsault scored twice. They had four unanswered goals the Lightning scored Gross. in that second period. Uh, a couple other highlights. The Penguins in a shootout beat the Hurricanes 2-1. Uh, the Canucks in overtime fell to the Stars 4-3. Avalanche a 6-4 win. Over the Senators. So let's look at the rest of the schedule for tonight. I mentioned that Rangers game as favorites over the Oilers. The uh, Red Wings will host the Flyers in Detroit, a minus 135 favorite. The Bruins are at the Jets, Boston minus 125, and the Blackhawks host the Canadiens. And it's a pretty even split. You can get the Blackhawks minus 115, Montreal minus 105 on the comeback baseball the rich get richer as the Dodgers sign Japanese sensation Yamamoto for 12 years 325 million dollars as he teams up with Shohei Otani uh it's you know it's a massive deal after the massive deal that they gave Shohei Otani the Dodgers spent 1 billion dollars this offseason but not really, because they're only paying Otani two million dollars a year, so they're finagling it. And now they're going to be able to pay uh, Yamamoto. He's going to get a fifty million dollar signing bonus, and it does not contain any deferred money. So unlike Otani's deal, which is going to be six hundred and eighty million at the end, they're paying Yamamoto the yearly, uh, you know, fee up here. How good is this guy? Well, he won three consecutive. MVP awards and Sawamura awards over in Japan. He's only 25 years old. Let me, let me explain what that means. The Sawamura award is the equivalent of the major league baseball Cy Young award. So he's won three straight Cy Young awards. Okay. Let's just think about that. And you know what? With Otani not pitching next year, Yamamoto will be the guy in in the rotation. And then when uh, Otani comes back to pitch the following year, it's going to be Otani and Yamamoto. I have a feeling about Otani. I don't think if I said, AJ, if I said over under three and a half seasons out of the 10 seasons he signed for, if I say over under three and a half seasons as a full-time starting pitcher, what would you say?
1: I'd say over. I think, it's, I think
0: he's going to end up doing about five. Like, I, I think about half the contract. I say under. Because, first off, I already have the advantage of him not pitching next year. So there you go. But I think at some point, Otani becomes a closer. And the reason why I believe that that's the best path for him is because they're going to realize he's so much more valuable as an everyday hitter in their lineup that it makes no sense to have him pitch every fifth or sixth day and run the risk of getting hurt. Whereas you can have him as your DH in the lineup, he can bat the entire game, go out to the bullpen in the eighth inning or so, warm up, come into the game as a closer, throw 100 miles per hour out of the bullpen for one inning, and then do that every two out of three to four days. That's where I think you're going to get the bang for the buck here on Otani. So I'm, I go under three and a half full, full years as a full starting pitcher. But, I mean, the rich get richer. Some say it's not fair, but you know what? There's no salary cap, and they're just spending money. And so, you know, every team wanted Yamamoto. Everyone team wanted Otani. The Dodgers got them both. And it makes so much sense that Yamamoto signs where Otani signs. Like that was the hope for every team that was going after Otani is that you double dip and get them both. And the Dodgers just pulled it off. Dodgers are your overwhelming favorite to win the World Series next season up on the DraftKings Sportsbook. That'll do it for us here. I want to remind you that you got a great Christmas gift from us on pregame.com. If you go to the website, use the promo code JOLLY20. JOLLY20 will get you 20% off anything at pregame.com. Any purchase, take 20% off. Just use the code JOLLY20. And I recommend getting the 2024 all-access from your favorite pregame pro. That way, you get every single pick for the entire calendar year of 2024, and you can take 20% off that purchase. And if you buy it now, you'll get the whole next week, whole this weekend, the whole next week for free. We're going to throw it in as a bonus, so you get the rest of this month included with your 2024 all-access from your favorite pregame pro. There's not going to be a better deal, especially when you could take 20% off using the promo code JOLLY20. That's J-O-L-L-Y 20. AJ and I will be back with a special Christmas episode as we preview the five NBA games and three NFL games on Christmas Day. That episode will be out on Christmas Eve. And don't forget, you can also listen to the College Football Dream Preview to get a look at every single bowl game coming up this weekend. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.